thank you for joining us for a sermon from Sojourn North. Amen. Thank you, Chad. It's good to uh, be with you here today. Uh, it's actually good to be with you all every Sunday. Um, you know, that's one of the things that, that I wanted to be sure to point out before I uh, began in my sermon today was that what a blessing Sojourn North is to my family. Um, you know, we, we came here, we moved from Eastern Kentucky, um, and I had been a pastor there for a number of years. I thought about when I was putting my sermon together today that I'd give you a true Eastern Kentucky experience. <clears throat> it's called the stomp, spit, and holler. But I decided that I didn't know if you all were ready for that, so uh, I kind of backed off of that for a little bit. But we came here to Louisville about six years ago, uh, moved for uh, my job, and um, we started going to Sojourn East, then we came to Sojourn North. Um, Chad has been a blessing, uh, to, was a blessing to us from the very beginning, um, and we're just, we're glad to be here, and it's wonderful uh, each and every week to come in, and um, I, I can see now that there are people behind the second row, you know. <laughs> when you sit toward the front, a lot of times you don't, you don't see all the faces, so until you turn around. But it's an incredible blessing, and to, to each Sunday when we have our fellowship time together, um, you know, just to see people talking and shaking hands and hugging and, and laughing and taking that time to really share love with one another. Um, and that is a special blessing. And I can tell you, it's a special blessing that doesn't happen everywhere. And so it's wonderful when we see it here. Um, when Chad uh, mentioned me preaching, um, I was a little bit nervous about it, to tell you the truth. Now, I did it, I preached for 22 years. I preached my very first sermon when I was 18 years old. Um, in my home church, Unity Baptist Church of Ashland, Kentucky. And everybody's asked me, said, Rusty, well, you know, preaching in your home church, that must be easy. No, these are people that had seen me since I was that tall. They knew Rusty Fletcher one way, and that was the little hellion that ran around the church and, you know, climbed up on the pews and everything else, and here I was preaching to them. But the Lord has blessed throughout my life and given me the opportunity to be influenced by godly people, um, wise people. And uh, I've, I've seen a lot of things, learned a lot of things. Um, and some of that, some of what I've learned was wise. Some of what I learned was unwise. Some of the things that I saw were things that I wanted to follow after, that I wanted to develop in my life. Other things were things that I wanted to push away and said, that's not godly. That's not something that I want to be a part of. Socrates told us, said, the only true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing. I want to put a little more godly slant on that. The only true wisdom is knowing that you know nothing and God knows everything. That's a tough one, isn't it? That's a tough one because really... We like to think we know a lot, or at least I do, right? We like to think that we know a lot about our life. We like to think, in fact, we like to think we know best about what we need to do and what direction we need to go and what decisions we need to make. 
I like to think that I know how best to shape my life and shape my career and get to the destination that I want to be at. We want to think we know best how to get ourselves out of situations that we find ourselves in. We know best how to mend a broken relationship. We know best how to raise our children in a godly way. And so those are all things that we have a plan for. I have a very dear brother, a very dear friend that has said many times, he goes, you know, I always have a plan. I always have a plan in every situation. I just need God to endorse my plan. (laughs) Don't you feel that way sometimes? I know the best way. So God, if you would just look at my plan, it's obviously awesome. And you need to follow along with my plan. You know, it's not an attitude that needs to be taught. It's something that we learn, uh, that we're born with. It's all about me. And I, I, know, I know the best uh, in, in my life. I know everything, right? Since she is here today, sitting with most of you all have met Dina, uh, sitting next to her is our daughter, Emily, and she loves to be drawn into the center of attention. So that's why I'm doing that to her today. But she loves being an illustration in some of my sermons. She has for years. Um, I told her last night we were on our way to Hometown Pizza in Bedford to to pick up a pizza uh, for dinner. And I said, by the way, you're going to be an illustration of my sermon tomorrow. She was like, oh, Dad. Is it going to be embarrassing? I said, no, 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 no. It's going to be amusing. Don't worry about it. Right? You know... As, as when, De- or when uh, Emily was a teenager, having a conversation many times with her was very interesting because there were three main responses that we got to just about anything we talked about. I would show up and pick her up from school, right? She would climb into the car and I would uh, say, Emily, how was your day today? Can anybody guess what her response was? Fine. Okay. What did you learn about today? Anybody? Nothing. Oh, I got, I got a kick out of that because I would always ask her, you mean I pay tax dollars so that you can go to school and learn nothing? And then you're going to get this one too. Any type of advice that I would give her, any instruction that I would say, Emily, be sure you do this. Emily, be sure you do that. Emily, em- what, did, what was the response? I know. I know, Dad. I already know all of this, right? It's not something that we need to teach. It's, it's ingrained within us. We know what is best, or we think we do. So let's read our passage. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4. You can remain seated. It's a lengthy passage. It says, Here are sons... Uh, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will keep you. 
Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I've taught you the ways of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep a hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of righteousness is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like a deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I went to verse 26 to kind of get the, uh, uh, kind of the, the pattern of my sermon today. If you look in your bulletin, you will see my, my three points. Now, like any good preacher, you got to have three of some kind of letter. You got to alliterate it, right? So we're going to ponder three things today. We're going to think deeply about it. And the first one we're going to think about is we're going to talk about pondering the source of wisdom. You know, if we think about the source of wisdom, there are companies that pay millions of dollars every year to different organizations, different marketing uh, firms, so that that marketing firm can tell them the best possible way to get our attention. The best possible way to convince us that that particular organization is worthy of us giving our time to. The number one uh, commodity that we have to trade in life is our time. What are we going to give it to? And all of these companies are competing for our time. They're competing for our attention. And, And really, number one, what are they competing for? They're competing for our wallet is what they're competing for, for our money. And so they want to influence us and convince us that they are the source of information for a particular area. If you drink this soda, it's the best. It's better than all the rest. If you you listen to this particular news source, it's, it's the source of truth. It's the real place that you get your news. We give you only the facts, never opinion. 
um, if you go to this restaurant. Oh, we use only the healthiest of foods. They're, they're competing for your attention. They're competing for your dollars. But most of all, they're competing for you to believe that the information they're giving you is the source of truth, the source of wisdom about what they're talking about. We want you to believe us. We're the experts. So when we think about all of these different people, whether it be online or on the TV, all of these people that are trying to get your attention, it becomes confusing, doesn't it? Where, who do we give our attention to? Who do we make our source of truth? And I think, Christian, that we have kind of stepped back a little bit from living intentionally, looking at, and thinking about who we're giving our attention to, who we're making our source of truth, who we are making our source of wisdom. We may throw that around pretty flippantly, actually. We may give that away very easily sometimes. So what is the characteristic that we need to be looking for? If we look at the very first verse of what Solomon tells us here, he says, Hear, O sons, a father's instruction. A godly father. He goes on down here in a moment and he says, talking about a mother. So a godly mother and a godly father. I think we can take that and we can see a lot of characteristics that we personally need to be looking for when we start thinking about what we let influence our life. What we let, who or what we let give wisdom to us. And if we think about the characteristics of godly parents, number one, they love us. They love us. They're giving us instructions. They're imparting wisdom to us because they love us. Now, I can tell you what, if you listen to that soda commercial, they're not trying to get you to drink their soda because they love you. They're wanting you to drink their soda because they love your money, right? And so when we think about the characteristics we look for, we look for that love. Number two, those godly parents want the best possible outcome for your life the best possible outcome for your life. Many of the sources that want your attention, want, your, uh, want you to give them um, um, validity in what they say and what they do, they don't, they don't have your best outcome in mind. They have their best outcome in mind. And finally, godly parents want to keep their children safe. They don't want them to go in the wrong direction many of the sources out there, as long as you do what you, they want you to do, they don't care what happens to you, right? And so we need to intentionally in our life, intentionally look to godly sources of wisdom and apply those in our life. And if we look on down in verse three, Solomon says, you know, I was tender in the sight of my father. Tender saying he was shut, he was gentle he was, the father showed concern because he was sensitive. He was sensitive to pain. What about the mother? He said he was the only one in the sight of his mother. The only one. He, he was the apple of his mother's eye. His mother loved him dearly and only wanted the best for him. 
As the passage moved forward, we see Solomon talking about his father's instruction and the father pleading with him. He said, hold fast my words. Get wisdom. Get insight. Whatever you do, get wisdom. And then he says, don't turn away from it. Keep on the right path. Why did he say that? The question I want you to take with you this week is, as you leave here, if you don't remember anything else, I want you to take this question with you. What is your source of wisdom in your life? What do you spend your time thinking about? What do you spend your time doing? Who do you listen to? What do you listen to? Those are your sources of wisdom. Those are your sources of truth in your life. Let's think about that as we leave today. But why was Solomon so concerned? Why is the godly father and the godly mother so concerned about the child? Because there's consequences. Number two, I want us to ponder the consequences. Now, regardless of what decision you make in life, guess what? There's consequence. There can be good consequences. I can make a good decision and there's good things that happen. But a lot of times we don't think so much about the good consequences as we think about the bad consequences, right? And that's the reason Solomon told him, he said, look, don't go in this direction. Don't, don't go down this path. My father to this day tells the story of my older brother, David. David was the rotten child, okay? I personally was the perfect child. But David was the one that, he was just mischievous, I'll put it that way, right? That's a little nicer way to put it than rotten. But dad will tell you to this day that when he would tell, look at David and say, don't do that. David might be reaching for something and he'd say, David, don't touch that. He said, David would just watch him. <laughs> Hand outstretched and would just watch him. Dad said, you could see the wheels turning in his brain are the consequences worth doing what dad has told me not to do? Folks, let me tell you something. That's another thing that doesn't need to be trained. We go our own way. And Solomon was saying, here's the path of evil. Here's the path of unrighteousness. Don't go that way. Please don't go that way. Why does a godly parent tell their child, don't go that direction? Because we want the best for them. Don't, we don't want you to have consequences. Whenever I think about consequences with sin, I always think about the prodigal son. The prodigal son who had been raised by a godly father, and that godly father had told him throughout his life, I mean, we're told in Scripture that, that, that he was wealthy. Um, we're told that he had many possessions and that the son decided one day that he wanted to do things his own way. As many of us do from time to time, we decide we want to do things our own way. But the son had decided the same thing. Now I'm sure throughout life that, that, that father had told his son, here's what you do. Here's how I gained wealth. Here's how you can hold on to it. And here's how you can live a good life. And here's how you can do the right thing. Here's how you can be a man of integrity. But he didn't want to do that. He wanted to go his own way. And it was almost like that father was pointing to that way and saying, please, 
please, whatever you do, don't go that way. Why? Because our source of wisdom many times knows that when we start down a particular way, we're going to go farther down it than we actually want to go. We're going to be more affected by it than we ever dreamed possible. We're going to be held there far longer than we thought we would. Isn't that what happened to the prodigal son? He got down that road. He began to to see, oh man, this is wonderful. All of his friends were around him and they were, they were living off of him. And then the next thing he knows, he's out feeding the hogs and realizing that what they're eating is better than what he's eating. Now, we find ourselves there sometimes. Or maybe none of you have. I found myself there sometimes. I've gone a little bit farther than I should have gone. I've gone in a direction that I shouldn't go. And if, if, if that describes where you're out at today and you say, well, Rusty, I just don't know what to do. I've made some bad decisions in my life and now I feel like I'm, I'm lost and I really just don't know what way to go. Let's take another le- lesson from the, the prodigal son. When he turned around and he realized, I'm going back to the father. I'm going back to the father. Did he have to go looking for his dad? Mm-mm. His father was already up there looking for him. And he saw, saw him coming afar off, and it says that the father ran to him and wrapped his arms around him and kissed him and brought a ring and brought a rope and, and, and welcomed him back with loving arms. There was no judgment. There was no, uh, okay, let's, let's send him off into the penance for a while so he can think about what he's done. You know, I feel like many times in churches today, we think, well, we need to tell people to go think about what they've done. God's not like that. God just says, come back. I love you. I died for you. I I I love you, and I want you to be a part of the family. Let's finally... In our last few minutes, let's talk about pondering the prize. What is the prize for following after those good sources of wisdom? What's what's our motivation to do that? Look at what Solomon tells us in verse 8. It says, prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will hold you up. He goes on to say, she will honor you if you embrace her. Goes on in verse 9, he says, she's going to place on your head a graceful garland. She's going to uh, uh, bestow on you a beautiful crown. And as we go on down, we find out, hey, here's what you're going to avoid if you listen to the voice of 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 wisdom it says that they cannot sleep unless they've done wrong they are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble but the path of righteousness or the the path of righteousness is like the light of day there's no doubt of the steps you need to take god is going to guide you in the correct direction 
if we intentionally look for the godly source of truth, the godly source of wisdom, the godly source of direction in our lives each day. You see, if I could impress upon you nothing else today, I want you to know this. God the Father wants you to live a victorious life. God the Father wants you to live a life knowing you're loved. He wants you to live a life that, where you take the right steps because you're following him. How do, we, how do we live that victorious life? Well, one of the things that he did is he wanted us to bring us in remembrance. He wanted to bring us to remembrance of why we can live the victorious life that we have. And the way that he brings us to that remembrance is this table. I want you to remember what was sacrificed, what was done so that you could live a victorious life. So that you could live a free life. Here in just a moment, we're going to be brought into remembrance by this table. And I want to invite all of you here today that are believers in Christ, I want to invite you to take part. I'm going to say a word of prayer and then ask that you come forward and you can take a piece of bread and uh, take a cup of juice, take it back to your seat, and then once we've all gone through, we'll partake together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity to be with others within the family of God. Lord, I thank you for providing us with a godly source of wisdom that we can look to you and Lord, we know that you love us. We know that you have only the best in mind for us and that you want the best possible result for our life. Lord, I pray that as we come to this table that we will be put into remembrance of, of why we partake in this supper, what it means, what it means to, to us, the sacrifice that you made for us. Lord, we love you and praise you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. For more information, you can visit sojournorth.com.